Hi, everybody. Welcome to series two of our End of Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. In series one, you learned a little bit more about me. My name is Cecile. I'm the founder of a small charity. The purpose of our work is to support chronic illness sufferers and encourage them to leverage sport in their pain management plan, but also support their mental health. So we're back after a few months. Series one was a great success. Thank you for listening. Our three episodes were listened to um, by hundreds of people in over 30 countries. But this time around, we wanted to get other people involved and for them to talk about their own experience with pain and their journey with sport and basically tell us how they help themselves uh, with their condition every day. So today we have the pleasure of speaking with three lovely ladies, Emma, Lee and Michelle. And of course, we also have our wonderful trusty and podcast producer, Betty. Hello, Betty. Hello, Cecile. <laughs> how are you today? I'm really well and looking forward to hearing from our guests. Fantastic. So let's begin with quick intros. If that's okay, uh, we will start with you, Emma. Hi. Um, so my name is Emma Phillips. I um, live in uh, a village in Tunbridge Wells in Kent, um, having moved here about 18 months ago. Uh, I have a baby boy called Joshua, who's 16 months old now, and I work full time as a communications director in the finance industry. Amazing. Thanks, Emma. And then moving on to Michelle. Hi, so I'm Michelle B. I've lived with endometriosis for around, uh, well, since I was 16. I was diagnosed seven years later. And then I developed fibromyalgia as well. So I'm living with two long-term chronic pain conditions, living and working successfully with both. Um, and just trying to do the best I can with the limitations on energy and with pain. Thank you, Michelle. And a, a difficult journey, but and a big inspiration for us and the Medusa sufferers. So um, thanks for that. Lee, on to you for a quick intro. Hi, I'm Lee Eager. I'm uh, from New Zealand originally. I uh, lived in the UK for about 15, 16 years. Um, and yeah, I live with my husband in London and we have no children. I um, work as the deputy director for a global not-for-profit organization and yeah I am here just to sort of talk about my journey. I have suspected endometriosis. Thank you Lee um, and great to have you with us today. So let's just start with um, talking about sports right into the, the subject and trying to figure out you know what your journey is with sport whether you um, were originally a sporty person or you actually started getting involved in sport because of your condition. So um, let's start with you, Lee, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit more about your journey with sport. Yeah, growing up, I did a lot of sports. So I horse rode um, as a young young girl and um, also living in a small, small town in New Zealand, um, did every sport under the sun. So anything I could do to get out of the house and be with my friends. Um, so I was quite active um, in my teenage years, played netball, played touch rugby. I did run a little bit. I was never very good at sprinting, uh, but um, sort of when I was sort of recruited into sort of cross country, I actually quite enjoyed long distance running because I was never really fast sprinter. So I never thought I was good at running, but um, actually long distance was quite, I quite enjoyed. But yeah, never not a hugely successful um, sports woman, but um, enjoyed sort of the team spirit and, and things that sports 
Dave, the social side of it as well. And then I guess in my 20s, I kind of moved towards sort of going out, going out dancing and partying a bit. So I didn't sort of do as, I wasn't as active, although I've always kind of gone to the gym and things like that. And then, yeah, sort of um, probably about uh, five years or so ago, I um, started running kind of a bit more seriously. Yeah, I think it was sort of a motivation. I couldn't really go out partying quite as much and dancing as much as I used to be able to. So I sort of thought, you know, was trying to think of something I could do. I love listening to music. I love getting out, um, listening to dance music. So I um, I decided to combine that with sort of running and found that kind of a way of releasing. I could dance for hours on the dance floor. So why couldn't I hit the pavement and run quite actively? Um, so I started, I did, um, I, I wasn't very um, fit at the time, but I did sort of couch to 5K, started with that. My mother was a runner and so I was kind of inspired by the fact that she did. I think she used to run to get out of the house from four, looking after four kids. Um, so I really just did it because I enjoyed it. It got me out and about and I enjoyed running around the streets of London, got me sort of to learn different places. Um, and it was an, I work in an office, so it was a great way to get outside. And just, um, I guess, for sort of the mental health aspect, as much as the physical, the mental health aspect was, was really useful. So, yeah, that's my exercise journey. So a lot of exercise and different sort of disciplines for you. And, and do you actually run exclusively now, Lee, or do you do other sports um, alongside running whenever you can? No, I mainly run now. I do, I, I obviously do a bit of yoga and things like that, but no, I mainly run um and yeah at least try to run at least three times a week obviously it goes in waves depending on um my cycle and how I'm feeling um throughout the month uh so some weeks I'm really active and I go for lots of runs and then some weeks it's quite a hard slog so it might be once or twice but sometimes I also take it quite easy and just go for a walk or a gentle run. Um, so, yeah, it just depends on how I'm feeling, um, kind of on a day-to-day -day basis, I think. Uh, but I just know that once I've been for a run, I'll, I feel much better and it, it really helps. It helps sort of with work stress as well. So when um, I've had a really stressful week at work or day at work, just getting out and, um, and being active just really helps clear my mind and it just helps um, my body and also helps me sleep and I think that's really important um, sometimes I don't sleep very well so I find running um, really helps with that amazing thank you so much for talking us through um, your journey with sports I love the story about dancing and and trying to emulate the feeling that you had on the dance floor um, and hopefully you'll inspire women that are actually perhaps a little bit younger than us that <laughs> are dancing and can do dancing and other things um, to help themselves. So that's great. Cool. Uh, let's move on to Emma, if that's okay. Emma, tell us a little bit about your experience in sport. I know I've known you for so long and I know that you actually are the one that used to tell me so much about the gym when we were younger. And I was like, no way, no way. Um, I will go to the gym and I will never exercise. And this is rubbish. And I remember you being really into it at the time and obviously looking really healthy and um, et cetera. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. So I probably should mention that I've got um, stage three advanced endometriosis and typical with most 
women. It took about um, eight years for my symptoms to be recognised and, and diagnosed. Uh, unfortunately, some of my symptoms were mixed up with um, having a fibroid. And I mentioned that because it has sort of impacted somewhat my sort of relationship with um with fitness, I, I I can't really use the word sport because I don't think I've ever done anything sporty. Um, but um, I did start working out when I was quite young, about fifteen, and um, my mum uh, was always very fit and healthy. She worked out six days a week, so I used to go with her to the gym about three times a week on average. You know, probably looking back, I would say that. You know, it's difficult to pinpoint when your symptoms get worse, but certainly with the benefit of hindsight, I can definitely see that my symptoms were probably a bit more under control when I was more active in the gym. Um, so I did kind of classes and cardio and a bit of strength training, you know, with weights and uh, like most people just enjoyed the endorphins and all the benefits that people um, enjoy from exercise. But after many years of doing cardio, I did notice I started to get quite a lot of um, lower back pain, probably just just when I sort of was in my early 30s. And I had a procedure done in my lower back and the consultant said, you know, my sort of days of cardio were sort of numbered, really. So I would need to do more lower impact exercise and basically work out for longer um, in order to kind of burn off the same amount of calories. But the most important thing initially would be to strengthen my core. And uh, she advised that I took up Pilates and I did and, and I absolutely loved it. I found that as my symptoms got much worse in my 30s, I would find that Pilates would be the one thing that I could do in the week that would not only help my body, but also help my mind. And I think mental resilience is incredibly important um, if you're a sufferer of chronic pain. Yeah, and just like having the having the motivation sometimes to get out of bed on a Saturday morning when you're feeling really rotten. But I always knew that once I got in the class that I would feel a thousand times better an hour later. I would feel so relaxed in the class sometimes that I did actually nod off a few times. Um, <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> and why not it's actually and why not? Sleep, so that's uh, exactly you know it's perfect exactly um but it was it was incredibly important obviously you know I have very bad endometriosis in the pelvic region and obviously pilates is a great way to kind of pay attention to your pelvic area and all your core and it's just a very kind way to service your body. And yes, yeah, so I, I can't I can't claim to be in any way sporty, but I definitely have found that that kind of exercise has been very helpful for me. And obviously, endometriosis is is so different for for so many people. It's really difficult to generalise, but mm. there are obviously correlations between endometriosis and lower back pain and. I guess my message would be that there is something out there for people who are in my position and it, it has benefits that go beyond just the physical. It's great. And it's good to hear that you have found something. You've managed to transition from you know, being super active to being a little bit less active, but nonetheless tapping into you know, um, disciplines that are able to help you both physically and, and, and mentally. It must have been hard for you to go from being so active to 
a little bit less active. And I think, you know, I started sport and running very late in life. Um, as you know, I wasn't sport at all in any way, shape, or form. And I think perhaps by doing so, I've managed to preserve my joints and etc. Although I get a lot of low back pain, I think it's very common, as you said, with meningitis. And I run through it. I'm a little bit of a maverick, but it's true that it started later. So when you start young, um, it may on one side help your endometriosis symptoms. However, uh, you may create other injuries and other issues in the long term. So, um, but thank you for um, talking us through your experience. And then we're going to move on to Michelle, if that's okay. Can you tell us, you know, when you started sport and how did you come to it and what your uh, impressions are and how you use it? Yeah, okay. I've never been sporty and I certainly wasn't um, when I was a lot younger in my teens. Um, I somewhat took my health for granted, as I suspect a lot of people do before they become chronically unwell. Um, I started cycling about eight years ago now. I've just looked at my um, my logs and I've done 6,600 miles with fibro and, uh, and endo. Actually developed um, fibromyalgia as a result of my endometriosis. There's quite a large number of women that um, that tend to have both of the conditions. And um, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit more about your condition? First of all, you know it's it's quite terrible that you have to deal with two conditions because endometriosis yeah. is enough as it is to create a lot of issues in all aspects of one's life. But can you tell us a little bit more about your other condition and how it affects your day to day? Yeah, so fibromyalgia is basically, um, I describe it as a chronic whole body pain. So you basically, you you experience and feel pain differently. Your brain starts to send pain signals that are not helpful. So you're constantly in a a state of pain. I'm in pain all the time. I'm constantly getting told that different parts of my body hurt. Normally my hands, my chest, my legs, general sort of discomfort and throbbing sort of it's a a difficult pain to describe it varies day to day somewhat like endo pain does really and it's become the predominant thing that I find difficult each day actually it's actually kind of consumed the endometriosis now that it's it's more painful than than that's been but what I learned really um through cycling and I started off on an electric bike and I've improved enough now I'm able to cycle on a regular bike as well is that I was able to really reclaim my independence back Um, endometriosis took an awful lot for me as it does for everyone Um, I wasn't really living I was just sort of existing I had no independence I couldn't go anywhere I couldn't carry anything I couldn't even go to the shops to to carry some shopping home and walk back I I don't drive I can't drive because of endo so when I got the opportunity to try out an electric bike I went for my first short little spin around the um, area is it was the closest I'd felt to normal in years it really set a kind of sowed a seed for me that's where it all sort of changed. And I've been using cycling either on an electric or a non-electric bike to manage pain ever since. Um, it's really, cycling for me is a really low impact way of doing exercises and functioning. I describe myself as non-sporty because I still cycle for, for, for necessity. Um, I think you either have to, with exercise, you either have to, to make it a habit. You have to do something either you enjoy hugely, which I do with cycling, or it has to have some kind of secondary or tertiary uh, impact. So if you could combine uh, exercise with travel and getting shopping, it kind of unlocks all these other doors and kind of, you know, I, and it really had this impact where it just gave me my independence, um, freed me from feeling I was ill. When I'm on my bike, I forget about pain. I forget about difficulty. I'm just sort of living in that moment, in that mindful moment on my bike. 
to the point now where it's improved my health so much. Eight, ten years ago, I was walking with a walking stick. I used a wheelchair on occasion. Um, whereas now, most people will not even appreciate or realize that I'm sick. Um, my doctor says I'm the fittest sick person. <laughs> um, Which is an amazing compliment, really. And, and with all the efforts that you put into your um, cycling, you're probably actually more active than, you know, in vertical no, normal people. Um, yeah, I think so. you know, most people, yeah, I'm actually actively doing like the kind of NHS's recommended amount of exercise for the for the UK, um, and I'm starting. Which is amazing. Get, yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to get to the point now where I'm starting to look at what other things I could do. So I'm I'm really excited about all of your experiences with running. Actually, I've tried running. I don't say I have. I don't. I'm never going to do something again. I think what I tend to do is to try and return back to things every couple of years, give them another go, and see if I if I'm ready to kind of progress that or not. So I think it's definitely time to give running another go and see how I get on. Yeah, it's a good approach. I think um, you know just because we change as people, because our lives change um, constantly, so it's good to just have a go at different disciplines classes or you know as lee was saying earlier you know, group exercises was a good option i personally find that running is very useful for just the simple fact of having me time other people like to be around a group and interact with other people when they do sports so it's good to revisit once in a while and just explore discipline and stuff comes up all the time i started doing anti-gravity um, yoga last year and it's been amazing in terms of the experience the novelty learning a new skill has been a lot of fun and it's helping me a lot because running as you know is high impact compared to cycling so obviously yeah. I have you know low back and stuff and it's been helping me a lot so it's good to just keep an eye on what's going on and what can be fun and what you know what you could learn from definitely but yeah your experience with cycling is is quite amazing and and outside of cycling I know you have a very busy schedule you also do like stretches and you know, uh, yeah. uh, yoga and that sort of stuff or yeah, not? Yeah, so I try lots of lots of different things. Um, yeah, I've done, I do yoga regularly. I'm always kind of seeing what other things I can introduce into my schedule. I work full time. I work as a user experience designer, actually, which is all about um, designing things to make them easy to use for people and make them have really helpful and nice experiences when they use digital products. Um, so I'm always trying to think of ways I can squeeze in some more, some more kind of, um, improvement in my life um, mm. but I think the thing to get across really um, there might be some people listening who are like there's just no way I can do any of these things they're all talking about all the stuff that just seems impossible to me right now um, you have to start extremely small when you start any new um, exercise you have to keep it at a very low level and build it very very slowly I haven't gone you know, from doing nothing to 6,000 miles overnight. It's been a very slow, gradual process to gently increase the amount that I do. Sometimes I'll stay at the same level with something for months before I increase it. It's a very, you know, I see it very much as it taking as long as you have for the rest of you, you know, you're, you're experiencing it with your illness. There's no there's no pressure or, or time um, drag on on living with uh trying to work with exercise so it's important to just take the time that you need to be able to build and experience it properly not overdo it 
you want to avoid a situation where you have payback, where you're spending several days or several weeks paying for the exercise that you just did. You want to kind of stop before you overdo things. You want to just stop when you're kind of starting to really enjoy it and take a rest and see how you feel. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's, it's, I think it's human nature to try to, you know, launch and give 100% of yourself into something that that's new. I mean, you look at people joining the gym every January. And, you know, by February, by February, they're totally demoralized because they haven't lost 10 kilos and then they don't look like Instagram models. So I think the, the, the tendency for individuals, whether they have chronic condition or not, is to actually just go for it and have really high expectations of themselves. So it's a really good point that, you know, as uh, chronic pain sufferers, we need to just ease ourselves into the stuff that we do. We need to excuse ourselves as well. I think Lee, you were talking about uh, that with me um, the other day. It's like, you know, give yourself a break when you don't feel like going for a run. It's okay. You know, if I can't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. Equally, obviously, push yourself when, when you feel that you can. But um, it was a good point. Um, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit more about that, Lee. Like, you know, when do you, do you make the difference between what you can do and what you can't do physically? Yeah, I think I just kind of go with how I'm feeling on the day. I mean, there's no point in really beating yourself up. If you really don't feel like going for a run or doing any form of exercise, just give yourself that break. I know that I have days I try and talk myself out of doing it. I think sometimes, though, it is always good to um, think, how am I going to feel after I've done the exercise? Um, and I think if it is, if if there is that battle going on, um, looking at the the end result is always helpful, um, and also getting maybe some encouragement from someone. But I do think give yourself a break at the times when you really don't have the energy and you feel tired. Because I recognise now, before I'm getting uh, getting my period and, and things, I feel an absolute exhaustion and tiredness that I. I don't know, I, I, get, I don't know if it's sort of just happened over the last few years or anything, but just this real, real tiredness. And I know that my energy levels are really low. And um, so, like I said, it's it's about maybe doing some gentle exercise, maybe doing a yoga class, something to de-stress, that sort of thing. Um, but really allowing yourself that time um, and giving yourself that break. Um, and then, I I don't know, anyone else shares this but when I sort of come out of that my energy levels when they go up it's like oh I want to run I get this like surge and um, I feel this energy and and embracing those moments so I think it's just about trying to find a balance um, and find out how what suits you um, is the best thing that I can do in, in my personal experience is how what suits me um, I'm not trying to look like a supermodel anymore. <laughs> I've given up on that. You um, always I do. Am, I am who I am, and um, I do. I do this to make myself feel better and feel good. Um, I like to be a bit fit, but you know, I know that I'm not the first person in the world. But um, when I do go for my long runs, I just appreciate it. But I feel exhausted afterwards. Like I have to lie on the sofa for the rest of the day because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm 43. I'm like, oh, but I also just know that I just love that feeling of feeling like you've done something and your body feels naturally kind of exhausted from it. But because you've done something physical, 
where the flip side is when you when you are just that whole pain thing and yeah feeling that absolute exhaustion when you haven't done anything that's hard too but yeah yeah Okay, perfect. So thanks, Lee, for that. Um, interesting to hear about um, you know, your take on on being kind to yourself at regards to running. And I think it's it's a good point, and it applies to all of us. You know, um, striking the balance as you were saying between what you can do and what you can't do, when you can push yourself, and when you just need to rest. And and um, so very interesting. I'd like to move on to you know mental health and. I think we touched on this um, already, you know, by saying that we feel better after exercise and that it's one of the drivers, in fact, of, um, you know, going out there and doing exercise when we don't necessarily feel like it. For me personally, sport helps every day with mental health, whether it's the condition or just everyday stress, you know, work, public transport. Obviously, what's going on in the world right now is very stressful it can create anxiety and stuff so so yeah perhaps I don't know Michelle if you want to start and I know that you have a lot to deal with um with your conditions and you've, you've done extremely well but nonetheless there's still you know anxiety and it's a it's a marathon it's a very long road to um you know feeling better and 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 living with um everyday pain so can you tell us a little bit about mental health and if exercise is helping you you know in that respect and if so you know how it's helping you yeah yeah sure so I'm a very positive person people often ask me how do you manage with two chronic conditions how do you cope with being in pain in all the time and honestly the honest answer is you haven't really got any choice you can't control it but you can control how you want to feel about it and how you react to what happens to you so um, I actually, one of the best things I ever did was to go on a pain management course. Um, I would recommend that for anyone living with a long-term illness, just to help you with some practical advice that's kind of tailored for you and your circumstances. But um, one of the main things, I did all of that after kind of having to self-learn a lot of it myself. So it was a bit late for me, sadly, but it was still really, really good. One of the things they teach you there is that you can only really worry about things that are in your control and everything else we just have to kind of you have to settle into and, and gently respect and accept where you are how you feel um and I know that will seem very flippant but it, it it does hold true when it is when you really have those difficult days and those difficult months where I've not been able to move not been able to walk without pain um it's it's learning how to be kind to yourself and just taking yourself through the moment as you need to um treating yourself like you're another person rather than yourself and trying to put away the immense amount of guilt that comes with illness um that's really what helps me i keep i keep active i keep busy and i try to distract myself from all the pain signals and all the problems my body is trying to tell me about. And I just focus on what I can control, what I can do and what I can achieve in the day. If you break it down, you know, um, hour by hour, even 15 minutes by 15 minutes sometimes, you don't have to have a very long task list. You just have to exist and work in the best way that you can in the moment with what you're dealing with on that day. 
that's how I manage. Yeah, it's great insight. Thank you for that. And do you actually see a clear difference before and after exercise in terms of not even, you know, physical, you know, um, manifestation of exercise, but also, you know, how you do the world, basically? Yeah, it's really challenging, particularly at the moment. Obviously, we're in lockdown within the UK. So my normal coping strategies are not there. I mean, I'm cycling two, three times a day. I'm I'm walking a fair bit. Walking is very difficult, but I, I do try and do it. Um, so it's difficult when I'm, I've got a, I've settled into a pretty good way of working and living with this. And then when I find I can't move as much as I need to, I am feeling the impact of that. My symptoms are getting worse as a result. So again, it's just about, I think illness, um, makes you inventive, makes you creative, helps you think of new ways around a problem. You're constantly up against new things, new symptoms, new side effects. Um, and you can, there's two ways that you can cope with that or react to that. And I choose to just try and manage it as best I can. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Emma, can you tell us a little bit about your mental health and, and how your diagnosis, but also your, your everyday life with the pain has impacted you and and you know if exercise is helping you in any way with regards to maintaining a good spirit and and a hopeful you know approach to living with the condition yeah I think I can really relate to some of the earlier comments around being kind to yourself I think um as the years have gone on time's been really quite unbearable to the point where you know, for two days a month, I would virtually stay in bed the whole time. Um, if And that, that has uh, become much, much more challenging since having a child because I don't really have the luxury to be able to do that anymore. Having said that, I would say that to anyone that doesn't understand endometriosis, it's like running on half empty um, for two to three days a month my brain doesn't function as well. I don't really like making massive decisions during those times. It's it's like you wake up exhausted and it doesn't seem to matter how much sleep you have. You just feel drained is the only way I can describe it. Work, everything you do is harder. Getting in the shower is harder. Going to work is harder. Things that wouldn't normally bother you feel insurmountable to achieve. And so in relation to exercise i think i think it is i think there are times when you can push through but you also do uh, have to be honest with yourself that there are just sometimes where the pain is just so um intense and the sense of fatigue is so great that actually you'd be better off just to kind of preserve your energy whatever energy you do have for two three days and then as you come out of that kind of bad cycle as it were uh, you know I, again I really relate to that whole kind of like surge of energy that you get I find that my energy levels go through the roof afterwards and that's a really um, good time to do all the things I haven't been able to do for the last few days I haven't done um, really much exercise since my son has been born I, I feel like um, he's a bit of a workout in in itself. Um, just actually just lifting him up, <laughs> and he's great um, for mental health. Yeah, exactly, and he's great for mental health. Um, <laughs> but you know, 
ordinarily, uh, you know, I think making sure that your mind is healthy is just as important as your uh, physical uh, health. Having said that, obviously, one feeds the other. And I really like the idea of eventually cycling. I, I actually did buy a bike um, and actually listening to some of this conversation has made me think, you know, in due course, I would like to actually um, get on back on my bike. <laughs> um, and uh, as my son uh, grows up, you know, it'd be lovely to take to, to go out cycling together and things. But I think, you know, I would just say, like, be kind to yourself. There will be times where you just simply can't push through and that's fine. And there'll be other times where you can and you'll feel awesome. But learn to sort of, you know, live with the chronic condition and find your own coping mechanisms and appreciate that we're all different. Um, the amount of women that I've spoken to with endometriosis, it's astonishing how different the symptoms can be and the range of pain um, and, and the way that people cope with managing that pain is really quite different. But the more that we can share those kind of coping mechanisms, I think the, the better that we can uh, live our lives. And, uh, you know, as a point earlier reference, you know, around working uh, successfully, uh, living successfully while coping with these conditions. I've recently found out I've got adenomyosis as well, um, just to add to the equation, um, which is endometriosis of the muscle of the uterus. And um, I think I've had this for a number of years. Um, it's just you need an MRI to, to get diagnosed properly. So I feel like finally I'm kind of getting some of the answers that I've that I've needed for, for quite some time. Having said that, um, we all know that there's no cure as such. And so learning how to live uh, as full a life as possible is, is really the ultimate aim. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because a lot of people make the distinction between you know, physical symptoms and 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 sometimes forget that you know they have to look after their mental health and and obviously talking to you ladies is very interesting in terms of the way you leverage different things to cope with not only the physical symptoms but also the prospect of having to live with a chronic condition that being long term and not having a cure as you were saying Emma and you know facing that every day and still manage managing to be positive and working full-time and being engaged with other people having a social life raising children having loads of activities etc which is you know what, what other people do without the burden of having chronic conditions and I think I'd like to go back a little bit and talk a little bit more about what you were saying me in terms of like taking advantage of the burst of energy and knowing that exercise is going to be beneficial physically and, and mentally I suppose Lee for you it's it's it must have been and it, it must be really hard because you haven't officially been diagnosed and will you would you say that running is helping also manage uncertainty and and the fact that you have to you know talk about your symptoms to other people around you whether family friends etc without having the ability to actually say you know I've been diagnosed are you able to tell us a little bit more about your experience with regard to 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 not yet having the diagnosis and you doing really well at you know looking after your mental health as well as physical health yeah um I have had I think now about three or four appointments and sort of 
had one just recently cancelled. So due to the um, COVID situation, unfortunately, my diagnosis has been put on hold. I've kind of, I guess, from my own personal research and experience and talking to lots of different um, people, especially Cecile, who's been really helpful, um, just about what I'm experiencing. Um, I think I've suspected, I've had it for a long time, and in that, in that vein, have been kind of managing it, I guess. Um, I, with regards to... Um, endometriosis itself I think it just helps to understand um, some of the things that I have been experiencing over the years and hearing both Emma um, and Michelle just their experiences and you know things sort of just I'm like oh yeah I hear that I in that and that rings true for myself so I think this is really helpful um, and talking to people is is really really helpful and interesting to understand um, I don't know, just to, to bring it into, I'm not sort of crazy. These <laughs> sometimes the pain that I'm feeling, I don't know. I think you, you push through it. Um, and sometimes I'm like, is this normal? I don't know if it's normal because this has just been my experience. And, um, I think, yeah, going through that has been hard. Um, running for me has been help, helpful. Um, but I think I've, I sort of came at it from a different place because I did it was to help with my mental health and just to help me get through some other things that I've been going through so but I do think it it just helps me generally and when I don't do feel low energy and I do actually get out and do do it I feel so much better and I think that's just one thing but I have that constant battle um <laughs> of you know I can't be, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it sort of thing. And then I go and do it and I feel better. So, but yeah, I think this is, it, it has been, it was very emotional. The first doctor that actually um, I sat down with and went through and she took notes and she listened to me about everything I'd sort of been going through um, and my symptoms and everything just felt like such a relief. And that only happened a couple of months ago and I walked out of there and I cried and there was a sense of relief but also frustration because I've also been through um, trying to get pregnant and things like that not being successful and not really knowing why so that's been really challenging so yeah it's been a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster but I think I do feel a bit of relief knowing that I'm sort of getting an understanding of perhaps what is going on um and yeah I, I guess the diagnosis will just sort of satisfy that there is something I can I can label it um however I guess I've been learning to manage this for a really long time anyway so um yeah but I think it's just also opened up a lot more to me in terms of yeah, just learning that there are other people out there that experience exactly the same thing. And I think it just helps to think through that and share experiences. And that just makes me feel a bit better, to be fair. Absolutely. And you've done incredibly well considering that you haven't you know, had the opportunity to actually put a name to it. And I think it's difficult in social instances and it's difficult with family and it's difficult, I'm sure, with your husband. You know, it's it's amazing. What you've gone through is the hardest bit. I think not, you know, I, it took me 18 years to get a diagnosis. And um, 
and getting a diagnosis is not the answer but it helps mentally and it helps put things in place to be able to help it's a long it's a long journey but you've done incredibly well we we often just uh not listened to we're not acknowledged we don't you know our pain doesn't exist and it's no more is this and that so i think you know in your circumstances you've you've done you've done so so well so thank you for that and thank you ladies for sharing your experiences you know with exercise and your journey with pain and where you're at and and i'm sure it's going to help a lot of women out there younger women to get going and 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 try to get on on that train that you know uh, help yourself train with, or bicycle as a kid. I personally am very excited about the prospects of getting on the bike. Um, I think you know, Michelle, you've inspired me. I think um, when I can't be bothered to go for a run, I'll think of you, Lee, and I'll be like, well, Lee would go, so I'm going to go. I think it's good to hear your stories. Now, I'd like to finish on a, quite um, an interesting note, which is to say, you know, how how do people get started? How do we get started? So if I were, you know, newly diagnosed or not, but if I know that I, I'm struggling and I want to help myself, you know, where do I start? How do I get to a point where I can put my trainers on and confidently think that it's going to help me? Uh, Michelle, would you like to start? If, I, if you were meeting me today and I was newly diagnosed or I didn't know what to do to help myself, what tips would you give me in order to get started with exercise? Yeah, okay. Um, there's loads of information out there for kind of getting started with exercise. There's not quite so much with particular conditions and long-term chronic pain. Um, I've written about this step-by-step process for how to start cycling with endometriosis on my website. That's available on www.endohope.org. Um, but there's a few other things as well. Everybody can cycle. It's a lovely, low-impact way of, of traveling, of seeing the world, and of getting pain relief. Um, so, yeah, start very, very small. And then if you're nervous about um, if the idea of cycling, so cycling out on the roads or near roads or with people makes you nervous, you can look for uh, local training, free local training for cycling in your area where someone will come out with you and cycle around until you have confidence to to go out and cycle around on routes on your own make use of really calm cycling spots as well like canal paths or parks where there are lots of spaces and you do have the the room to to cycle around because it is it may feel like because there's a lot of men who cycle that it's not a space for women and that's totally not true Um, when cycling first came to the uk it was a point of emancipation for women. It was this, it was this independent force that was allowing women to go out on their own, wear trousers and travel. It was very, very risque. Nobody, nobody in high society liked it. <laughs> Cycling is for absolutely everyone. And if you found things like running or swimming or anything else really difficult, it's a great way to just take the pressure off your joints and your and your core area and just have a nice gentle kind of cycle around those would be the things that i would suggest and then really really quickly there's a great charity called wheels for well-being who are all about inclusive cycling so people of all kinds of mobility um, problems showing how everyone can cycle if you use a wheelchair you could use a hand cycle you could use a tandem horizontal or a vertical tandem there's lots of things out there it, there are ways to include absolutely everybody 
um, and three quarters of disabled people use cycling as their main mobility aid. That's really cool. Amazing. Thank you for that. I want to get started tomorrow. Emma, you're also excited about cycling now. Tell us, or what would you say to me if you were to meet me today? Um, you know, how would you get me started? And I know you tried desperately 20 years ago, so I'll give you another chance. <laughs> how would you get me excited? And what would you recommend that I do to get into sport or exercise? Um, I, I'd just say, like, start small and you don't need to be an athlete. <laughs> do something that you enjoy. Otherwise, it, it will never become a routine and experiment with lots of different types of exercise, swimming, cycling, running, jogging, walking, classes. There's so many different types of classes now that didn't even exist 10 years ago. And yeah, I would just say that it's got to be something you enjoy because it will never ever become part of your routine and your psyche if it's not. And it should be enjoyable while you're doing it, not just um, when it's over. <laughs> Um, be brave and don't be afraid to um, start something and just say you know what that's not for me um, and then but do carry on in your quest to find something that is for you fantastic and on the be brave point I personally remember when I started running on my own I literally was so embarrassed that anyone would see me run that would look awful and and that really quickly just went away but I remember the first day I put on my trainers and I went out there I was really embarrassed so yes, be brave, try it. And, you know, ultimately, as you were both saying, um, you know, everyone, regardless of their physical condition, um, the starts in your exercise will feel a little bit embarrassed and will feel a little bit intimidated and that's okay. Lee, your last words, what would you tell a person that's trying to get into running or, you know, any of the sports that you were doing when you were younger? Well, so I would just say, get a good playlist, get a good kit, so good trainers. So if you're into like shopping, it's a good excuse to get something new and just start slow and build up. Um, I started couch 5K. Don't be self-conscious. Try not to be self-conscious. There's so many people out there doing exercise and you're doing it for yourself and it's better than not doing it. So I would just say, just give it a go. And um, like Emma said, just try and enjoy it. Like enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. Um, otherwise, yeah, what's the point? You've got to have fun while you do it. So, yeah, but a good playlist is my advice. So anything with a good tune is is fun to me. Absolutely is. And thank you for creating one for me, for my training. It actually helps a lot and it makes me smile. It makes me think about you and your own journey and, and, and it makes me feel quite powerful when I run. So thank you for that. Good point. Um, ladies, I'm really grateful for your time today and the fact that you shared really candidly your experiences with sport and your journey with your condition, conditions, should I say. You've done extremely well, all of you, with what life has served you and you, you, you know, repeatedly showing that you won't be defeated. And I'm sure that everything that you shared with us today will be very inspiring to many people. So thank you so much. And thank you, Bertie, for being there um, and recording the podcast. And... Great. No, thank you. It was um, really interesting, obviously, for me as well to uh, to listen to your experiences and your and your tips. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank Lovely you. to talk thank to you, you. Meet you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.